this is Phil from The Hendrix Project, and welcome to this episode of Being Jimmy, the podcast where I share stories of life on the road as a Jimi Hendrix tribute show performer. So every time we play a gig with The Hendrix Project, I always try to be a little careful beforehand, um, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, because, well, you know, if you hurt yourself, you can't play the show. Um, and so I'm always much more reluctant to do any DIY, any kind of home improvement hammering, anything that's going to risk my hands. And also, you know, I drive a bit more slowly and, uh, you know, just being more aware that if I stuff myself up physically, that's going to directly impact on, on the band, the show and the income. So... That's exactly what I've been doing, uh, but in the midst of all this this morning, in the dark, well, in the in the half-light of the morning, just simply walking through a door in my house, I managed to really, really smash my little toe against the side of the door frame, and, and I'm pretty sure it's broken. And there's nothing you can do for broken toes apart from strap them up and take some painkillers. So I'm going to pop some pills and um, strap my little toe to my next toe and uh, just hopefully it uh, well there's nothing we can do so we just need to suck it up Uh, but it really does throb massively when I'm standing up and if I'm going to be standing up doing a two hour, two and a half hour show um, tomorrow night um, well I might have to pop some more pills but not in a <laughs> not in a rock and roll way, but in a in a medical way. So always be very careful. But accidents do happen, and I, you have to have a sense of humour about these things. Ultimately, otherwise, you just be walking around so so scared. And maybe you would even walk around. Maybe you just lock yourself in a room um, for a couple of weeks, just not going anywhere, just in case something happened. But that's not certainly not the worst thing that can happen. And um, I think over the course of my playing career, I haven't really had any massive um, events that caused me to have to pull out or cancel um, or anything like that. So no no injuries, no crashes, no things stolen. Um but now I'm listing these things right now, and it's before the gig. I'm thinking, oh, dude, I should not be talking about this stuff just in case I jinx it and there's a big crash and our stuff gets stolen and, you know, I hurt one of my hands. So <laughs> um, I'm going to have to um, add to this after the show to let you know whether I did jinx it or not. But tomorrow we get on a plane. And we go and play two shows. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's nice to get on a plane and go somewhere different. And, um, you know, spread the word of Jimmy for those people who, who don't know Jimmy. And, um, you know, to spread the Jimmy love for those people who really do appreciate and miss the guy and his music. So until tomorrow, when, um, you know, probably just talk a little bit on the way to the airport or even when we get off the plane or yeah so wherever that might be i'll 
talk to you tomorrow. Okay, so we are at the airport, ready to fly to the show. Um, it's all gone pretty good so far. Um, I've, it's a beautiful day, actually. It's a real good day for the whole thing. Um, so flying conditions will be awesome. Um, the only other fly in the ointment... Oh, here comes the plane. I can sit pulling in now. There's the... Uh, we had to basically drive around three places for for parking like two places were full and so we had to go to the, the covered short-term parking which is more money but um you know that's no big deal we should have booked online but we didn't and it's all it was all full anyway but um there's the plane now i'm going to be boarding very shortly there's the pilots yeah so in an hour's time we touch down i have made the transformation I have shaved off my beard again and I've got the big mo and the big fro and the Hendrix hat is in the box ready to go with all the other gear the gear was packed up in the van last night and picked up by our sound guy so he's making the nine hour drive poor guy he's making the nine hour drive to the destination and we're making the one hour flight today so he'll be down there by the time we fly down there because he left really early this morning um, and so it's just nice to fly down get the hire car drive to the venue and pretty much everything is already set up and you know it's just kind of nice when it's got that efficiency and streamlined and somebody else is taking all the gear which is really nice so more when um, we touch down in the destination this is what I could have done with. It's the first time I flew. It's a myth about sick bags. Somebody told me once, if it's in the bag, it's on the floor. Which means, just for show, it doesn't actually vomit. It very quickly just goes in the bottom of the bag because it's wet. Okay, we've arrived at the venue. That's all fantastic. We've got a lovely green room with plenty of space, catering, um, a bathroom, a mirror. Because there's a bit of a bit of a stage costume that goes into the the Hendrix show, as you could imagine. Jimmy being a very flamboyant performer and certainly a dresser so it's good to have somewhere to kind of you know get changed and the thing about our show is you know it really is vital that there's an entrance made at the start of the show so it's nice to come out of somewhere side stage and just get right on rather than have to walk through the crowd or anything like that it's just really cool so we're here everybody's in one piece we flew down the flight was lovely um steve our sound guy drove the nine hour drive but he's here in one piece as well and we're just setting up now probably gonna get some dinner and then um well we'll get ready for the show after dinner and um gonna knock them out tonight booyah so it's the day after the, <laughs> the day after the show it's morning everyone's just kind of waking up getting in the shower <clears throat> as you can hear my voice is pretty low 
as it tends to be after a show, after a two-hour sing-song. Um, so, last night was, was pretty great. Um, numbers weren't awesome, but um, it, was, it was a good crowd. And um, at first it was really hard to tell what they were thinking, because they were all sitting down at tables quite far away from the stage. And, you know, like three or four songs in... There's applause, but it's kind of polite applause, and I'm thinking, are these guys really into this? You know, they bought tickets, so I would expect them to be a bit more animated. But it was—it's a different—it was a different type of venue. It's more like a—I oh, don't really know how to explain it outside New Zealand because it's—it's uh, it's an RSA. It's like a Return Services Association, so it's a community kind of. Uh, club stroke organization um, that was I guess founded to support the the returning soldiers and things like that and and it's transformed from that into more of a central pivotal point of the community so I think it's funded so there's cheaper food there's cheaper drinks and um, the government chucks a, a ton of money each year to these places but it was a big venue it was like 600 people really nice stage um the stage itself had purple curtains, which for a Jimi Hendrix show is always awesome. And uh, it went it went really good. They started to liven up towards the end of the first set. Uh, but by the end of the second set, people were really, really excited. People were up dancing. People were shouting out requests, um, filming stuff. Some guys came and sat down right in front of the stage and filmed the whole of Little Wing because that was the one they were waiting for. There was a guy who came up afterwards, he'd got a tattoo of Jimmy on his forearm and a tattoo of Stevie Ray Vaughan on his other forearm. And on the back of his forearm he had uh, Bob Marley, Gary Moore and Jeff Healy. So he was he was a massive fan. I don't want to blow my own trumpet uh, about the show, but we did have a good time. It was cool. Um, one comment, I think, really um, sums up the evening. And, and this guy came and he said, oh man... Um, I came to this Hendrix show expecting a lot, but I got much more than I expected. He says, you guys were great. And that that pretty much sums up the night for me. It was it was fun. The people were really warm and welcoming, <clears throat> very complimentary. Um, I want to know when the next show is, when we're coming back. Um, you know, all of them said, oh, I can't believe there's not a bigger crowd here. But I mean, it was about 100, 100 people. That's... That's that's good enough for a good show, as far as we're concerned. Um, but the highlights of the evening, I think, um, dinner was one of the highlights of the evening. Wasn't expecting this, but they had a whole carvery, um, a carvery of like roast roast meats. It's like a big roast dinner, so it was roast beef or roast pork, roast potatoes, vegetables, um, gravy, you know, sweet corn, green beans. Kumara, pumpkin, uh, carrots, everything. And you could have a medium or a large. And it was only about an hour before the show. So I don't really like to eat big before a show because it just, it's not good. Because your body's taking all this energy to digest your big meal and you feel sluggish and you, your stomach can ache quite a bit especially if you're on stage and you're doing things you you're not really tend to do after a big meal so I went for the medium <laughs> and that might as well have been large because it was massive piled up so uh, I'll 
resisted the temptation to clear the plate. Um, and I might have just, although it was so delicious and I was so hungry by 7 o'clock, eaten maybe a little too much, but like, you know, not excessively, just a couple of mouthfuls maybe, oh, I'll just finish this potato or something. But the first 20 minutes of the set, I definitely felt it. Definitely felt that um, that little bit of, it wasn't pain, but uncomfortable feeling. Um, but after that, it was just those few mouthfuls. Got got over that and got on with the show. Really good. Lots of fun. We we jammed. Um, the guys had fun. Heaps of mistakes. Just so you know, it's not flawless performance. There are, you know, a few, a few drop notes here and there. A few kind of slightly missed beats coming in, you know, between the rest of the band and me. Uh, typical things. Um, what other things happen? Oh, you know, other typical mistakes like starting the song, or the, when the when the drums come in slightly in the wrong place, or when the bass comes in. Steve did a a great one. Where it was he came in two frets down from where he should have been, and I was like, <clears throat> "Really? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this is the key it's in. Where are you?" But it's all smiles and giggles and kind of. Oh, um, raised eyebrows like oh I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why so it's good we're, um, we've got to go and get the gear because one of the great things one of the great things about playing shows at certain venues is they they are very secure the venue and they allow you to leave all the gear there overnight so you don't have to load it all in you know after you played a big show and you're completely knackered you don't have to load it all in um, the van and then worry about somebody breaking into the van at night and it's just a really nice non-stressful thing to just leave it lock it up at the venue come back for it the next morning which is where we're at right now so when uh when glenn's out of the shower from um then we're gonna go and pick up the gear we'll come back here to the hotel for a bit and just kind of hang out before checkout time then maybe get some breakfast Get on the road to the next show, which is, I think, is about an hour up the road, so it's not too bad. But we don't expect many for tonight's show. I think, um, in in true, <clears throat> we don't really expect many for tonight's show because there's a rugby match on, and it's New Zealand versus Australia. And if you're in New Zealand when there's a rugby match on, you'll know that everything stops so um, we're going to play what, 8 eight till 10 I think because the rugby starts at 10 the match starts at 10 but the kind of pre-match uh, you know preamble big talk that everybody does on sports events beforehand that starts at 9.30 so um, not expecting much for tonight but we'll see how it goes could be, could be surprising who knows so here we are at the second venue. Um, I'm just up in the green room, which is basically the place, it's like the dressing room. Um, for this venue, it's actually the boardroom. So there's a big, big old boardroom table, lots of chairs looking very important. Um, but we're not using it for anything like that. We had a great drive down. The, the other venue is about an hour and 20 minutes north. So we drove, drove up here. Beautiful day today. 
great for the middle of winter and this part of the country tends to get a lot of rain and wind um, but today like yesterday we've been really lucky with the weather beautiful clear day such warm sunshine and uh, a journey that took us um, around by the coast just um, really stunning views of the ocean and the islands outlying off the coast so um, that was great got to the venue and uh, got there really early maybe like half half past 12 1 p.m um, loads of time so loaded it in got all set up now something we learned from last night last night there was a quite a big gap between the stage and the people you know um the the way the tables had been arranged there was a dance floor and then you know they're quite far away so people were a bit slow to get up and dance and so we kind of recognized that this time and so we've actually moved other tables how um how we like them which is much closer to the stage and we've arranged them in a little arc and stuff yeah, so we actually moved the stage forward as well by a metre and a half. So, you know, they were very close. And um, it's something to keep in mind. You you actually can control the space. If people see, um, you know, a row of chairs, they're not going to sit at the front row. Uh, and I had this idea because uh, Steve, our bass player, he, he put out a row of chairs at the front. And I kind of thought, well, hey, if we put out three rows of chairs... Obviously, these rows progressively get closer to the stage, but people aren't going to sit in the front row. But if you give them one row of chairs, then they decide not to sit on those chairs at all and go and sit further back in the tables. But if there's three rows of chairs, they won't sit in the first row, but they'll probably sit in the second or third row because they've got two other choices. So that worked really well. The only downer is we got out of the car and um, I had my toothbrush uh, on the floor of the car and I was just picking it up and I dropped it I dropped it in the dirt in the gutter at the side of the road <laughs> so like my toothbrush is all covered in like road dirt and soot and all kinds of crap which everybody else thought was really funny because they were like oh you know you're going to love this playing in this town you, you've got a real good real good souvenir of the town you can almost taste it hardy ha so I don't know what my toothbrush is going to be like tomorrow but it's going to be pretty gritty but you know there's been worse <laughs> so um we weren't expecting many tonight they'd sold uh, 20 tickets or something and we probably had 30 people and we had a great time it's it's not the best to play to a tiny crowd but everybody there was very very appreciative Loads of great comments, loads of people saying we would have paid more to see you guys play. You know, can't believe the venue didn't really do more to support you. All of that kind of stuff. So it's really heartening. Um, but people shared some things with us, some stories about you know their relatives in prison and things like this and how they sent some Jimi Hendrix stuff to them and the Jimi Hendrix biography and how... It helped get them through their time in prison and stuff like that, which I really wasn't expecting to hear. People don't tend to share on that level. Um, but tonight, there was a lot of those kind of very deeply personal stories that people 
wanted to share with us because it was important to them. Um, and I do have a good time evangelizing. Towards the end, oh, I make this big speech about how it's important to keep Jimmy's music alive and how there are people in the world that think music starts at Justin Bieber and ends at Miley Cyrus and none of us can really live in a world like that. So I encourage all of them to go out and find somebody who's never heard Jimmy and play them some Jimmy. And I say, you know, 50% of them will just hate you for it and wonder what the hell you're doing. But the other 50% will thank you for it. And you would have opened a musical door that had remained closed all this time. And they will step into a new, bigger musical world of themselves. And that's really important to keep the legend of Jimmy and the man and his music alive uh, down through the generations. So... And it always gets everybody excited and they're very, very, you know, it's kind of like I'm the pastor and they're the, the congregation and they get really, really into it. <laughs> uh, it's great. So we had a good time. Um, the rugby was on, as I think I mentioned earlier, and we were trying to basically finish up before the rugby happened. And I was like, oh, we're going to leave a few songs out so you guys can go to the rugby. And they said, what? No, no, we're staying here. We're not watching rugby. We, we come to see you guys. So don't leave those songs out. You don't have to try and finish up before the rugby. Um, stay and play all you want. So we did. And we played an encore, and then we played a second encore. And they wanted more. But really, after two hours and 40 minutes, we've got no more Jimmy to play. And we could learn some more, but... It's taken us, you know, it took me 121 days to learn the set as it stands. We've added a couple um, since the first show, probably added two or three more. But it's not something you can just quickly whip up, you know. So they were keen for more, even though we've given them everything we had, which is great because, you know, they're real fans. They are real fans. And um, they came over and talked to us. Lots of people, you know, saying that they, they like this version of this and this and they like the way we did that. And uh, it always makes me feel awesome to know that people care as much about Jimmy as I do. And, and they feel it as, as, as I do. And, and they connect with it as, as I do and, and as the guys in the band do. So it's just a, it's a connecting thing. It's a real union. It's a real communion of spirit at these gigs um, no matter how big or how small uh, and it's a real pleasure and a, and a privilege to be able to to provide that and and be a catalyst for that connection it's just so great so it's oh, it's about quarter to midnight and well I'm here Hanging out with some beer in the green room again, which is really nice. Oh man, but it's exhausting. As soon as you come off stage and the adrenaline goes from your body, it's just, just the exhaustion hits you like a train. Um, which doesn't help because we've got to pack down all the stuff. But again, tonight we're really, really lucky because we can leave it here at the venue. We don't have to, we can pack it down, but we don't have to like carry all that to the van and pack all the van and drive the van to the hotel, motel, and then worry about unpacking it and 
it getting broken into it and all of that. We'll leave it here. We'll come back in the morning and that's that's a great freedom. So tomorrow we're back on the plane, heading back home. But it's been great. Uh, we, you know, we actually lost a bunch of money for this second gig because they cut the fee in half because they hadn't had any ticket sales at, I don't know, a week out they hadn't had any ticket sales. So they wanted to cancel, but as we had another gig the night before, we'd already flown down here, the gear was down here, we were down here. It made no sense to, to cancel it. And anyway, it would have cost us more to change our flights and, and everything else than it would to just stay and play, even if it's just a paid practice. And it turned out tonight to be more than that. So you never know. You never know. Um, and by the sounds of things, what people have said about what they'd seen, what they heard about the show, the management really didn't make that much of an effort to, to publicise it. And then some people who turned up, it's, uh, you know, on the big chalkboard, it says it's 8pm, we were told showtime is 8pm. But on the tickets, it said 8.30pm, so people turned up at 8.30 and they'd missed half an hour of the show. So it was a bit disorganised, but people still had a wonderful time. So we made some friends in this town, and, and they were like, where are you going next? Are you going to play the next town up? Because we'll follow you up there if you're playing tomorrow night. Uh, unfortunately, we're not playing any further. We've got to head back to the airport and get on a plane. But I would do this. I would love to do this more. It's um, You've got to keep your costs under control. And um, it would have worked out nicely if they'd had more ticket sales here and they'd agreed to the fee that was agreed when it was booked but it's nice to go around and go to go to towns that you've never been before uh, and around New Zealand they're just so uh, so pretty you know this one is nestled at the base of some mountains at the moment there like snow covered mountains and beautiful green hills it's a quiet town there's not much going on but it is just beautiful as was last night's little little town it's a bit of a bigger town but again no less picturesque so you get to go to places that you've never been before meet people that you wouldn't have met and uh, it's just a very human thing to do is go around and entertain and connect with people I wish we could do much more of it I wish we could do when we do a fair bit but um, I think I've got a taste for this kind of tour touring kind of thing but you know I've been on tour to New York and that three weeks on a tour there um, I was ready to come home after that because <clears throat> that was pretty much it was pretty much a show every night or every other night and uh, that's hard work to do once you've done two consecutive shows you know your voice is ragged your fingers are just stuffed. Um, you definitely need a day off, maybe two days off. But that that was pretty relentless. We had one or two days off, but it's usually every night a show. And um, I guess, well, we didn't really move around New York too much. We didn't go to different places around New York State or anything. It was just... Um, it was central New York, so... It was not like it was a different town every time and new 
it was new people, I guess, but it was a bit different to this situation today. Although New York is one of the most beautiful cities I've I've been to. I love I love that grid system. I love the architecture. I love that it's um, so steeped in history and captured in every kind of celluloid moment I've ever had watching a Hollywood film. There's a New York skyline, and it was it's just awesome. And when I was in New York, they were very much more appreciative of of musicians. You know, if you're in the UK and you say you're a musician, people just think you're kind of trying to avoid getting a job, and um, and you smoke loads of weed or whatever. You just kind of you're a bit of a waster. But in New York, there was kudos, there was respect. You said you're a musician. They they were they were very different about how they treated people if you were if you said you were an artist you know if you were a performer um they knew you weren't like shirking a real job they knew you were serious about creating your art and they gave you the credence that you deserved there and that was great it made you feel like a valid human being because uh, we'd spent years in london having the opposite kind of attitude <laughs> So New York was awesome. I would, if you get to play anywhere in New York, go play it because I love New York. Haven't been there in years now, but oh, I just love that city. It's beautiful. I love the, the Chrysler Building and the Empire State and all those kind of those buildings. And there's probably a few blues bars and a few jazz clubs and things like that. <clears throat> And there's music all the time, you know. There's ma- there's music on every corner. You can go down to uh, Washington Square Park, and there's buskers and people. And I love that. Anyway, so I'm sitting here avoiding going and doing any hard work, like packing down all that heavy shit. Um, but the good news is we are uh, the rugby's still on. There's another 20 minutes to go. Um, New Zealand are absolutely thrashing the Australians. Last score I saw was 33-3. to three. So, go the Kiwis. Sorry, Aussies, but you are getting taken to the freaking cleaners. Your asses are so kicked. So, that's all from me this evening. I'm kind of spent now. I can feel just the the exhaustion just pouring in and all the energy draining from my body. So I'm just getting more and more vague and not connecting sentences together. So until next time, goodbye. So it's the morning after. <clears throat> this is the airport again after an hour and a half drive home. It's us pretty sweet drive again the weather's awesome today sun everywhere and um best of all well it's a sunday so no traffic so super easy drive got ourselves out went back to the uh, the venue got the gear and packed up into the van said goodbye to our sound guy he makes the journey home long journey by road and um we just hop on the plane and get home in an hour the only downside is uh, when we get to the get to the airport and we start unloading the hire car, and I find that I've actually left one of the bags at the hotel. Oh! Oh!
I'm going to check that. See what flight number we are. Is that us? Probably not. No, I think we got. We got a little bit more time than that. Yeah, so we're four four eight. So that's all sweet. Yeah, so I had to phone the uh, accommodation, and luckily it's nothing vital. It's just like a just a satchel with a sketchbook and a couple of things in it, and um, the toothbrush. So nothing I can't do without. Nothing vital. So they're going to courier, courier it to me tomorrow, but should have paid more attention there. But um, it often happens when you, uh, you know, you're doing a group loadout and, you know, I think one of the other guys in the band bringing out some of my stuff. I've really got to remember to make a rule that I take all my stuff in and take all my stuff out. I mean, I know it's helpful for everybody else to help you with your bags and things, but then you've got real no way of keeping track of what's been brought out and what's still left in there you know and I think what happened is he goes oh I've got got your bag and it was one bag but I just kind of assumed he meant the other bag when he said the bag but um, my fault entirely for not checking that and luckily it's not vital and um, it's pretty much an empty bag so it's not going to cost me the earth for it to be couriered back to me Well, that's about all we've got time for for this episode, so I will say goodbye, and I'll see you in the next one. And don't be late. (laughs) 